Hey listeners, this is Ben, the Amateur Exegete, and you're listening to episode 22 of Bible Study for Amateurs. Today's episode is, Hey Jude, verses 3 and 4. In the last episode, we began a series looking at one of the New Testament's shortest documents, the Epistle of Jude. In particular, we considered the opening of the letter. In today's episode, we begin to move on to the bulk of the letter, beginning with verses 3 and 4. Here they are as they appear in the New Revised Standard Version. Beloved, While eagerly preparing to write to you about the salvation we share, I find it necessary to write an appeal to you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. For certain intruders have stolen in among you, people who long ago were designated for this condemnation as ungodly, who pervert the grace of our God into licentiousness, and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. Summarizing these two verses, Richard Bauckham writes in his notes for the HarperCollins Study Bible that here we find the epistle's themes in two parts, an appeal expressed by the language of verse 3, and the grounds for that appeal expressed in verse 4. Let's turn first to the appeal itself. One thing to notice is that verse 3 opens with the word beloved, agapetoi. This method of endearing readers is not unique to the epistle of Jude. Paul refers to his Roman audience as beloved in Romans chapter 1 verse 7. The author of Hebrews, whoever it may have been, referred to his readers as beloved in Hebrews chapter 6 verse 9. James refers to my beloved in James chapter 1 verse 16 and verse 19 and to my beloved brothers and sisters in chapter 2 verse 5. The author of 1 Peter uses beloved in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 11 and chapter 4 verse 12. Whoever wrote 2 Peter uses the term numerous times in chapter 3 of his letter. It shows up in the Johannine epistles. In the epistle of Jude, it appears here in verse 3, and again in verses 17 and 20. Ancient authors would use language like beloved and brothers and sisters to accomplish a variety of things. Here in Jude, it does at least two. It fosters a sense of community and group cohesion, and it softens the blow of what the author must tell his readers, because... What he must tell them isn't exactly flattering. Intruders have managed to sneak in under their watch. They're either lazy and less than vigilant, or maybe they belong with those sneaky sinners. Whatever the case, for Jude, this was so urgent a matter that Perverse 3, while he had intended to write about the salvation we share, 
he had to quickly change subjects and encourage them to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. In the words of Phoebe Perkins in the Fortress Commentary on the Bible, the danger of false teachers infiltrating the community has forced him to break off an exposition of Christian salvation to compose this warning. What had Jude heard? Though we don't know the exact social situation of either Jude or his audience, one thing is quite certain, as illuminated by verse 4. Intruders have stolen in among them. What can we say about these intruders? In truth, it's difficult to come up with an accurate historical reconstruction based on the words of Jude. As Bart Ehrman notes in his introduction to the New Testament, the letter writer isn't offering us a description of these intruders, but rather a polemic against them. Most of the letter is simply filled with invective and name-calling, Ehrman writes. For a historian, this makes things hairy, since you can't just trust that what's being said is how things were. Nevertheless, we can probably make two claims about the intruders based on the letter of Jude. The first is that they were Christ followers themselves. You may think that is a bizarre conclusion to reach, but think about it for just a moment. How did a group like that manage to become a part of the community of Christ followers to which Jude was writing in the first place? It seems unlikely that they would have been invited into the community had they been following some god other than Yahweh or some messiah other than Jesus. No, they must have been Christ followers. Second, Jude didn't like the way they were following Christ. We know this because of how he describes them in verse 4. They are people who long ago were designated for this condemnation as ungodly, who pervert the grace of our God into licentiousness and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. To pervert something is to use something in a way that it wasn't intended. So these Christ followers must have started on the right path, but deviated in some way that really made Jude mad. Another way we know Jude didn't like how they were following Christ is the polemic found throughout the rest of the letter, a subject which we will begin to look at in the next episode. That's all the time we've got this week. See you next time. And remember, in the words of Richard Elliot Friedman, one does not need to deny what is troubling about the Bible in order to pay respect to what is heartening. Thanks for listening.